0: Hello and welcome to Megacity Book Club, the podcast all about the galaxy's greatest comics. I'm Eamon Clark and I have two guests for this very special bonus episode. The editors, artist and writer of Sentinel, the sci-fi, fantasy and horror comic, Alan Holloway and Ed Doyle. Welcome to the book club, gentlemen. Great to be here, Eamon. Thanks for having us. Thank you. So we're going to start, uh, well, I'll pull back the curtain slightly because we've put this episode together slightly more hastily than I normally do, but uh, we'll see how we get on. And we'll start with comic book called two thousand Origin Stories. Alan, as you're alphabetically, why don't you go first? Well, to
1: be honest, comics have been in my life ever since I could read. I was also a voracious reader as a child. Started on you know, things like Enid Blyton and The Beano and The Dandy, and in 1977, February, I did get issue one of 2080. Prog One, although I hadn't read things like Warlord, Prog One hadn't read things like Warlord and Battle beforehand. So I was, uh, a, really my first proper grown-up comic, I suppose. I was about, um, about seven, uh, seven or eight. So I really enjoyed it and kept getting that. And I have literally read every one since. And that sort gradually after that, the next sort of big comic moment in my life was spider-man uh with the british reprint comic so i then got into superheroes through that carried on reading AD, and it just sort of anything that came up i'd, I'd buy I'd, I'd buy random american comics because you would just get like one or two random ones in the shops back then in the village where i lived so you just get a teen titans comic uh issue whatever part five of nine and then you'd never see any other parts of that story so i'm used to doing things like that, I mean, one thing I like about Sending, like, it's a complete story, so there's no need for people to uh, wait however many months or whatever, or just try and track down the others if they don't want to.
0: All right, OK. Uh, and are you still, like, a current 2000 AD reader? Yeah, yep, yeah, every week. Every week. OK, Ed, what about yourself? What was your own origin story with 2000 AD and comics?
2: Yep, yeah, just very same as Alan. Uh, I started reading comics when I was a young lad. I uh, used to collect the Beano and Dandy and Beezer, Wizard and Chips, all of those, and then progressed on to 2000 AD and Eagle, and um, yeah, just basically collected those comics, classic British comics.
0: Okay. And yourself, are you a current sort of reader? I can see because we, you know, we're on Zoom. I can see all your collection in your in the backdrop.
2: Yeah, I mostly collect uh, graphic novels now, Eamon, um, and collections of uh, 2000 these stories I don't buy the prog anymore. Now, I do get the specials, and I do get the 100-page prog, but that's about it.
0: Right. The Christmas prog, which we've all got, uh, or we'll be getting this week. Yeah, OK. Well, let's get to Sentinel and how it came about. Ed, do you want to start us off with... Um, sector 13 and that comic that magazine
2: yep uh, about two years ago i was up in belfast and i spotted uh, sector 13 the 2008 fanzine in forbidden planet so i bought a copy and quite liked it a lot so i got in contact with the editor peter duncan and i showed him some of my work and he asked me to contribute a few comic strip pages But at the time, I didn't know what to draw because I hadn't drawn any comic strips of late. So um, I said to him, look, I'm a big fan of the Gronk. And I was wondering if someone could write the Gronk, a Gronk story for me. And uh, he got in contact with Alan. And as they say, the rest is history after that. So, Alan, uh, had you been
0: writing stuff already then before that?
1: Uh, yes, yeah. some
2: years ago, I
1: the first thing I ever did was a single-page Doctor Who story for Owen Watts, Doctor WTF. Oh, right. Where you just had imaginary doctors that we haven't seen yet, so there's no limits, really. That was quite fun. That was the first thing I ever did. Uh, I then uh, did a uh, Judge Dredd story in Jazz and a strong New Dog story in Dog Breath. But I wasn't uh, really going at it. Uh, I just did a few things. Occasionally, and then uh, so the beginning of last year, or before we did the Gronk stuff, I basically had decided to try and do it uh, more often. Maybe t- t- two or three years ago, I decided to have a proper go at this. And um, so, I mean, most issues of Zio Jazz <laughs> the occasional dog breath. Sector 13 came to me to say, "Could you write a story for this Ed Doyle chap?" Because um, obviously they see my what I'd done and liked it, and they just gave me a suggestion for a Gronk story maybe there's a spaceship that crashes. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that was basically it. And I decided what we would have is a spaceship that crashes and it's made of a, a metal that turns Gronk's insane. Uh, so we have a war Gronk that goes through and uh, basically has to fight its way to this ship and, self de- and just self-destruct self it, which is the explanation for a, uh, an area of the planet, blast, which is all wasteland because of this uh, old story. Um, it was fun because uh, Ed got to, go to, to draw a Gronk with machine guns and a, the thing across the chest with all the, all the ammunition and a headband, a sort of Rambo Gronk. And on his chest was a skull and crossbones. And I, because I like reading the Garth Ennis stuff, with his front towards enemy, He always uses those anti-personnel things. The Gronk one says fronts towards enemies. <laughs> right. So daft stuff like that. Uh, and, and yeah, they. Came, I'd already done one story for, for them before uh, a Judge Dread one. And uh, the Gronk thing, although it's nothing, I've, I, I'm a big fan of um, Strontium Dog, but I've never even thought of writing a Gronk story. And so it's nice to do something different with it, which is what we tried to do with each of our Gronk stories, was make them not your normal Gronk story. So uh, the second one was set during the story where um, this guy was taking Gronks and eating them. Right. And uh, the third one we did was set in a war zone, sort of a World War One story with a Gronk in
0: Oh right, okay. it's a quite
1: quite a sad story. That one appeared in Dog Breath rather than Sector 13.
0: So you did two for Sector 13, you did a Dog Breath Gronk story. Was this all sort of 2019 time?
1: Uh it's sort of spread they sort of spread out. The Gronk the Gronk ones were I mean, Sector 13 doesn't come out very often, because uh, they have to put quite a lot of work in it. It's a yes. nice publication. We just, uh, the thing is Ed draws very fast and all right. the other artists will tell you this and I write very fast and so we just come up with stuff and I know if I write something Ed will draw it regardless of whether someone prints it or not so, and we're not that bothered, we just like making the comics um, so we, uh, Ed wanted a slain story so I had to think of a slain story and he right. did that. <laughs> so yeah we just come up with stuff and we're continuously, both continuously working really I'm I love just coming up with an idea and then uh, see what what comes out when I start writing it.
0: So, Alan, who had the idea first to actually do your own comic? When did that happen?
1: That was Ed. Uh, just over a year ago, he sent me a message on Facebook saying, let's bring back uh, uh, Starblazer. And Ed was a big fan of Starblazer. And I remember buying some, some issues but not being too impressed by it uh, at the time. Just occasionally I'd pick it up. And course all i'd ever written was uh, sort of three four page fanzine stories nothing else and uh, nothing original I've, I've never written well I've, I've done one original story actually in a, and i can't remember where it's printed right um but no, nothing long and so he was insistent so i wrote a six page or commando size page prologue to a story without having any idea what the story would be about a guy in a bar having a fight with an alien But that's all I knew, didn't know a thing about it. So he drew it and we sent it out into the wild to see what people thought. And the general reaction was, this looks like fun. We like the idea of a digest comic, go for it. So I then had to work out what he was doing in the bar, where the story went. And so I then did a story, you know, took it back a few weeks, told a story, and then the epilogue was back in the bar, carrying on from the first first six pages. And we ended up... um, Writing a story about a space courier who delivers packages and is very badly reviewed, and he teams up with an alien that tries to hijack him called Rahulastpa. right? Which is named after named after the Richard Herring Leicester Square Theatre podcast because oh, I've been listening yeah. to it that day. Yeah, I don't know why it just stuck. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, but that character, I, as I was writing it, he was trying to take over the ship. Then I just ended up putting them together. Then I also ended up giving him more of. Giving him more of a personality, uh, and now we've written two stories with him in so far.
0: Great. So Ed, let's just go back a moment. Starblazer. Now I've never actually read any Starblazer. I know it was like the science fiction equivalent of Commando from DC Thompson. Uh, yeah. but it ran quite. It ran twelve years or so, didn't it?
2: Um, it ran from nineteen seventy nine to nineteen ninety one. Right. Uh, two hundred and eighty three issues, I think. Right um uh, digest format sixty four pages black and white artwork and it was just i just loved it it was at the time when I was going to school I'd pick up a copy, stick it in my school bag, and then at break time I'd read it you know it was just a cool comic
0: yeah okay and what i mean what was it particularly that made you choose the digest format was it just the starblazer stuff
2: yeah, it was just uh, i th- I think it's probably just nostalgia Um. I just I wanted to re- go back to those days when I used to collect it. So that's why I suggested to Alan that we we try this out. Now, we, we didn't know what was going to happen after the first issue, but um, it was very successful.
0: Okay. And that first issue, how long... I mean, you know, Alan said that you draw quickly and he writes quickly. How long did it take you to put it together?
2: I think it was just a couple of months, but that's with me working a full-time job, so... Yeah, I reckon probably at two months. And when did that issue one come out? Um, February? I think so, yeah. I think it was February. Yeah, yeah, yeah. February of
0: 2020, this year? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah,
2: yeah.
0: And Alan, you said you'd tested it with that six-page comic uh, initially. How? What was your reaction to the first full issue when it came out?
1: It was, uh, so far, every issue's reaction has been 100% positive. We try and make them all different. The, the whole point is, obviously, there's re- recurring characters now, but it's not just the same thing over and over again. And Because Ed decided it was going to be science fiction, fantasy, and horror. Started with science fiction, went on to fantasy, and then horror, just so we could cover all the bases. But all the reviews were great. Uh, the people that bought it absolutely loved it. And it was a very basic, fun space romp. Uh, with a little twist and a, you know, a bit of plot and, and characters, a lot of good dialogue because I love writing uh, fun dialogue. And that for me is the most important thing in the writing. It's a, it's, it's a very Mark Millar thing where you can take an elevator pitch story hmm. uh, and it's better because you write it in a fun way where it could, could be a boring space yawn. So it's all about the dialogue and having fun rather than just having an action story. Right. Oh, they've got one of those coming up
0: too. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. And that's, is it, what, 64 pages, black and white? Yeah. Um, pages, black and white, yeah.
1: What, one to four panels per page, uh, usually one, one, two or three.
0: And in, that, as you say, that digest format. Um, okay. Yeah. So, uh, Ed, let's get you to tell us a little bit about issue two, the Scales of Justice. Um, what was the story behind that one?
2: So we wanted to do a fantasy story this time around. So Alan came up with a story where it was an alternative uh, Romans, uh, Romanesque scenario where the Romans had uh, conquered these dragons and either had killed them or had bred them for either slaves or to be gladiators. It was basically, we had pitched it as spartacus meets dragons right so he had a couple of dragons that wanted to break free and cause a, a, re- a revolution or a rebellion and it goes from there
0: okay and i've yeah, i've got issue two here in front of me uh because is issue one sold out
1: uh yeah, yeah. <laughs> we did it recently yeah i mean um it's, it took, took a long time to set out, but we, we finally got rid of the last ones. But when the conventions start again, or maybe before, we will be reprinting issue one.
0: Okay, cool. Yes, and that, that long-awaited day when they restart. So, yes, it's this great story about dragons fighting in a gladiatorial arena, um, and the Romans have managed to subjugate them. But there's going to be, as you say, a bit of Spartacus, um, which is great stuff. So that's the sort of the fantasy one. Um, issue three... I, a fair to remember, and this time is this you writing, Alan? But with a different artist this time. Yeah, I, I write all of them. I'm the only writer.
1: Right. This one is Paul Spence, who is an incredibly big fan of Massimo Bellardinelli. Right. Uh, with good reason. We all love him, uh, and he he draws his own Ace Trucking uh, short short comic strips, and he draws them so well. Um, we said, we'll give you a go, Paul. If you if you think you can do it, let's let's try. Let's find out. So I wrote him a, a space taxi uh, script, which is basically what uh, Ace Trucking meets uh, the taxi sitcom from the 1970s in oh, a way. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, silly jokes, silly jokes. Lots of um, scope for him to design aliens. There's no humans in it, and he not only was he quick, he knocked down out at the park for a guy doing his first ever full-length comic. It was it's fantastic, and there's there's lots of. Uh, jokes in the background, and I, I had to get a physical copy and read it very closely to see all the tiny things he put in the background. Uh, for example, there's a goldfish bowl within it, which an alien's carrying, and it's got a little shark with a hook in its jaw inside it, that sort of thing.
0: Ah, right, the hook jaw reference. So, yeah, I, I didn't put that in
1: the script, uh, and I like when uh, the artists don't just stick slavishly to my descriptions, because I like to do ridiculously detailed description so they can have fun it's not a nine-to-five job and we're slaving them away and making them do everything our way we want artists who can just enjoy themselves whilst they're doing it so we don't look over their shoulders all the time or anything like that okay and because i can't
0: draw i just love all the artists <laughs> right and where did you i mean how did you come across paul spence and any me and beadle where did you met them
2: at uh, ed yeah, with Paul and Ian, uh, I had been in contact with the two of them, ah. and uh, they had uh, Facebook pages. Uh, well, they were contributing artwork to Facebook pages, so I seen their work, and I started messaging them, and they got in contact with Alan as well. That's
1: okay. How we- well, Ian, um, interestingly, Ian, um, I gave, I, I wrote a, um, I think, it was a three pager for as a judged red one called a, a Joe by another other, any other name. I had a citizen who was called Joe Dredd and it caused him no ends of problems. But he only he was only allowed his inheritance if he kept the name. So he stuck with it. And he's uh, and Judge Dredd actually comes up and legally allows him to change it because there's only room for one Joe Dredd in this town. That sort of stuff. It's a fun story. And I gave Ian the script to practice on because uh, he's you know, he's very new to doing uh, doing strips. And he did such a good job that I sent it to Jazz as it was with the art, which isn't what Sajans normally want, because they like to, um, you know, put artists and writers, give someone a script, uh, and they liked it so much they uh, not only printed it but gave uh, gave him some more work as well.
0: Fantastic! And then you've used him obviously in issue four, which is called Misty Moore. Uh, was was going to be issue two, but uh, right, he's not the
1: fastest, and he has a job that can take up a lot of time. Um, but yeah, that's just the way it
0: goes. <laughs> So just tell us a little bit about Misty Moore in Issue 4. What, what was the the sort of reference? This is getting more into the horror-type comic. Oh, yeah, this is very dark, and um, it's probably the one I'm most proud of, and that's um, very much
1: helped by Ian's art, which is which blew me away, to be honest. Um, I do like old girls' comics. I didn't used to. I mean, I, I wish I had, but oh, girls' comics. Ugh, who reads girls' comics? Yeah. Uh, so I just read boys' comics like Tornado in 2000 AD. And um, I've since read some of the reprints, et cetera, and picked them up. And girls' comics were quite, or could be, very horrible. They would be horrible to the heroine, who would normally go through all sorts of rubbish over every episode, only coming good in the end. And stuff like Misty would take off... Um, things like Carrie, The Two Towers, where they went back in the alternate Nazi universe, all sorts of dark stuff. And I wanted to do something that was very reminiscent of the old Misty-type, bunty, uh, serious strips. And so I set it in uh, in 1982 in a village where I grew up, uh, not far from where I live now, and also a school where I went to and things like that. So I had real-life references to draw on, although the story itself was complete fiction. And it's about a girl who moves to a village after some trouble in her old school and goes to a new school and is mercilessly bullied by some very, very nasty people. Luckily, in her new house, in her room, there's the ghost of another girl who uh, was bullied and committed suicide 30 years previously. And the ghost says if she lets her take over the body, she'll get revenge on them for her. And uh, yeah, very bloody revenge. And it's a nasty, dark little story which doesn't end well for anybody,
0: and I absolutely love it because
1: <laughs> it doesn't pull punches. There's no jokes.
0: No, no, and it is. It does have that uh, air of those misty comics, the bullied schoolgirl, and then it gets uh, there's a supernatural turn. Yeah, I say that that one for
1: me is the, the best one we've done purely because I just like that it's a. I just like the story, and I'd say Ian Ian's art. Uh, one thing he did was um, if I put a page there's two panels instead of just filling the page with two panels he put the two panels and then a background there's one with a background of a sort of ghostly skull behind them right that the two panels are on top of and again nothing to do with me uh but it's so effective and where the the girl's being beaten mercilessly with uh with the hockey sticks um again he floated three panels and the background is uh noises of her being hit Right. yeah it does it it makes it worse put it that way yeah but it's a horror comic so worse is best
0: yes so that's the four issues that you've had out so far and as you say they've been black and white so far ed tell us um because there's a your fifth issue is coming out and it's a it's a story that you've had for a while i think isn't it you've had a you published in a comic before
2: I did, Eamon, yes. It was one of my own self-published comics back in 2004. Um, At the time, it was entitled uh, Kazana and the Legion of Chaos. And um, it was uh, written by myself and a friend of mine, Chris Atkins. Um, The comic was a 24-page, full-color, fully painted comic strip. I got it printed, but the artwork was just... It was so washed out. It just didn't look right at all. After all the months, I spent painting on the pages. So I, it was about, uh, about a month or two months ago, I found the original artwork up in the attic, brought it down, scanned it. I showed Alan and he, I said to him, look, is there any chance of this becoming a sentinel issue? So he looked at it and he improvised and he cr- adapted the story. To fit into the sentinel format and i went along and I chopped up all the 96 painted panels that fit on the pages because each page only takes two or three panels and um, yeah that's how it came about so it's our first full color special
0: so alan you've written science fiction you've written fantasy and horror you've written a science fiction comedy one how, how was it sort of uh, adapting from Ed's original strip? What is interesting is Ed sent me the comic um, several months ago, not
1: in, with regards to sent it, it just because he sent me a, a pile of stuff he'd found in the attic and he had some spare copies of uh, some of his old comics. So he just sent them for me to have a look and some of them were pretty good. Uh, there's some nice stuff and you could see the, the, the younger Ed in it. Um, I mean, He is a, definitely a, a better uh, artist now, Uh, I say anyway. But, uh, yeah, he's got his own style and it's still stuck even back then. And and Kazana, I remember reading and thinking, the art's pretty good. The colours were awful. (laughs) It was not very well reproduced. And seeing it now really does make a difference. And I read it and I was confused because I didn't know what was going on. Uh, There was no real explanation for some of the things that were happening. Uh, Kazana never introduced himself to anybody in the whole comic So you don't know who he is. There were no other real characters, but it looked good. And the basic story of a warrior helping a village be protected from sort of demonic nutters was, yeah, it's a classic timeless fantasy story. And uh, so it it was fun to read. It was just uh, the writing wasn't solid. And when he suggested putting in Sentinel, it's like, okay, we'll try. Um, So I would say, okay, page one, will have panel one, two, and three or whatever, and I rewrote um, 80% of the script. So it's the same story, but you know what's going on. And some of the characters have more personality to them. So you get more engaged with the with the characters. So I didn't like completely reinvent it and have, make it something else happening. But you know what's happening a bit more. And I was actually quite amazed at how Ed managed to cut cut it apart and put it on the, yeah, on the page because I'm a bit of a technophobe. So I'm not very good at these things. <laughs> And it looks very, very good. And he also uh, repainted or painted over some of it to make it fit better or stand out better. Uh, And I'm glad it's seeing light as it should have been back then. Uh, And it's just something maybe an editor would have um, polished it up anyway. But anyone sitting there making their own sort of 20-page A4 comic, (laughs) that's impressive in my eyes,
0: regardless of what you think of the comic. How how have you funded the comics, because I don't think you've gone the Kickstarter route, have you? Yeah, all, all through Kickstarter.
1: Not, neither of, of us had ever used it before. So we just um, tried to work out how much we need to make on Kickstarter to not lose money. Um, the whole point of all of these issues is that we didn't want to lose money. It's not about making a £1,000. It's about covering the costs, and anything on top is a bonus. Right. Uh, you know, <laughs> we just want to get the comic out, uh, which is why I was surprised that any other artist would want to play with us because uh, it's a lot of work for little reward. But they've all been brilliant.
0: Oh, fantastic! And uh, when is so? This will be the Sunday, I think, the twenty seventh. This episode will come out. When does issue five arrive?
2: It, it should arrive. Yeah. It should, oh, yeah. Be post- yeah, it should be posted out this week, I reckon. Yes, yeah, should be. Uh, In Adrian, Adrian Clark from Get My Comics. Have he has copies of issue five, so yeah, should be this week, I hope. And
0: so that brings us neatly to you know how do people get hold of Sentinel, the uh, the sci-fi, fantasy, and horror comic? You mentioned get my comics, uh, Ed. Uh, is that
2: the best best place to go for them? Well, it's one of the places. Uh, you can also buy our copies from the Facebook page. Ah, uh, the Sentinel comic. If you just search for the Sentinel comic, it'll come up on it. So you can buy copies from us.
1: Yeah, well, we'll basically get get my comics, have a certain amount that they keep back. Right. And uh, Ed, you know, the artist will get sent uh, 20 or so com- copies and all the rest come to me because I've got a shop and a stock room and I can keep them stored. And so I've always got copies, basically. Right. <laughs> uh, until we sell out like issue one. So we can always... Uh, the best. I'd say the best place is the Facebook page if you just want an issue of Sentinel. Uh, Although, get my comics, you can buy things like Shift and Space Warp and stuff as well to save on postage
0: if you want more than one. And you've got an article published about uh, the comic in, is it in Shift or is it in? Shift. It is Um, in Shift, yes. Yeah, that one. Issue two of Shift comic has got an article about Sentinel in it. We've got a, a two-page interview, which is nice. Oh, very good. So go to facebook.com/slash the Sentinel comic or getmycomics.com/slash Sentinel. How much are the issues? Uh, it's been four pounds so far, I think, hasn't it? Yeah, we we started the first one
1: at um, three pounds. Right. That was a bit too cheap in the end. So the next uh, three were four pounds, and the colour one is five pounds because uh, it does uh, cost more to print. It so you it back printing. down to four pounds after yeah. that. Yeah. And we're hoping to do a um, Halloween special next year, Filthy Luca's Tales of Terror, uh, which will be an all-colour one with three different artists as well.
0: And, Ed, if I asked you, looking back or perhaps looking forward to issue five, what's what's your, been your favourite issue of the comics so far?
2: Oh, that's a tough one, Eamon. <laughs> uh, <laughs> see, each see, each issue is all different. Yes. You know, it's a different story, but... Uh, no I just
0: can't I can't pick a favourite yeah. all, all good all good and Alan I mean yeah. you you know what's your favourite one that Ed's worked on perhaps um, you know, I'm, I'm asking it's... you to pick favourite children aren't I
1: well no I mean I'll be honest um, the first the first one uh, special delivery is a lot of fun and, and it really it, it's a great story but I do like the uh, Scales of Justice because A. Ed designed some cracking dragons for it and It really works well. It's giving him something different than, you know, spaceships and stuff like that. Um, And there's a lot of, there's more action. It's a very solid story with some dark, dark paces and light places. And he got to do a bunch of dragons bursting out of a uh, a wagon, shouting with tooth and claw, my brothers, after Pat Mill's
0: ABC Warriors. Um, That's my, that's one of my favourite pages we've had so far in the comic. (laughs) Fantastic. Now, you mentioned, I mean, obviously, Issue 5's out. You mentioned you've got plans for the colour Halloween special next year. What else have you got planned for the coming year in uh, Sentinel comic? Well, the first one we've got is Bad
1: Kitty with Morgan Gleave. Uh, Morgan's a very nice chap who likes skateboarding and drawing animals. <laughs> he right. He probably likes other things too, to be fair. Uh, he does very good sort of cartoonish dogs, cats, things like that. And... So when he asked if he could you know, join in, I thought I'd better write something with dogs and cats in it. Um, so I tend to write for the artist rather than for me. And so we, he also likes Harry Harrison very much like myself. So we thought, on I saw a weird space romp, and we've got um, a thief called Carlos Harrison, after Carlos Esquero and Harry Harrison, because why not, yep. uh, who wants to steal a valuable mineral from a dog who found it on his um, on his claim, And the dog's basically waiting for him. He's called Lucky Dog. And he basically bribes Carlos or employs him to help him protect him from his estranged brother, who's a cat that his family adopted. All the dogs hated the cat. They teased him mercilessly. And now he's getting revenge on each dog one by one. And that's the bad kitty of the title, who's called TC, which means the cat. So that's a very... It is a fun one. We've also got an appearance... Uh, from a cat-head-shaped spaceship designed by the band Cats in Space and used on their album covers. And they very gracefully allowed us to uh, put it in the comic, which is cool. Is that issue six then? Like, Yeah, well, we're going to kick-start it in February, have January off for people because uh, notoriously bad for things like that. So we'll do that in February. Uh, the next one should be uh, probably be Ed's Another Adventure for Doyle and Rohelestpa, which is um, Hell on Harryhausen. Uh, again, Ed is a very big fan of Ray Harryhausen's uh, monsters, as, as am I, so we're both really big fans. And so I decided to write something where Ed would get to draw the Cyclops, the Medusa, the Kraken, Skeletons, things like that. So we have him delivering a package to a Harryhausen-themed sort of theme park planet, although they don't know it when they go there. And they end up having to fight their way through the, through underground caverns to rescue their ship. Although there's more to it, and at the end, a whole thing happens, which is not just them fighting through a thing. So again, it's got an actual story to it, but it does give Ed a chance to draw these things, and he's done them very, very well. Um, we've also got a superhero one. Camera, what is called now? It's uh, to be a just, hero. Uh, was it to be a hero, be and that's uh, a very different strip, uh, script again it's uh, Andrew his Richmond. name's gone Andrew uh, Richmond's doing the drawing he seems quite quick too he's a nice chap uh, and this is um, a story which is lots of short linking stories that literally say uh, one story will be about a superhero and then at the end of that part the next panel will be somebody reading that story in a comic so it's sort of comes into itself, and there's sort of five, six different stories, and uh, end up being a circular story, which I'm, which I'm quite happy. It's a fun, a fun thing. Nothing too serious. And what else we got this year? Do you reckon, <laughs> It Depends when people finish stuff. Uh,
2: hopefully, um, Andy Lambert might have the pack finished for us. Oh, right. that's looking good. Yeah, it's a, a story about soldiers that are werewolves. And the artwork right. is absolutely fantastic.
0: Right. So Andy thinks it's rubbish and wants to do all again. <laughs> right. And Ed, are you working on Issue seven's artwork at the moment then?
2: I am, Eamon, yeah. I'm on page uh, 40 at the moment, so I haven't got too far to go. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah.
0: And, um, you know, you've mentioned you've got, because, Alan, you're writing them all, you've mentioned that you've got other artists. Are you still looking for artists? Well, we never have. Just <laughs> right.
1: the, the, the whole plan was me and Ed would do this thing and maybe do uh, you know, two, or three, or however many we can a year. And artists kept just started coming up and asking if they could do it. And so we'd just make sure they were not even up to it because we got had untested artists, but you know, just making sure the style's okay. And then I would literally ask them what sort of story they like and write to their strengths if that was possible. I mean, well, Filippo Roncone is uh, doing a sports oh, story right. called yes, Monkey Magic, you. which yeah. is uh, it's a future sports story about a young girl who's got a, a natural ability at um, a sport which is a cross between um, sky surfing and curling, and hurling, uh, where you basically got these old mobile skate, you know, flying skateboards in a big arena and a stick to whack a ball with. So it's a bit of aero ball in there as well. Right. And it's, uh, you know, her life, bit of tragedy, has to do with her uncle, blah, 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 blah great typical sports story because I love uh, football stories and things like that as so I wanted to do something with sports and Filippo's going to take that one on There's so many of them Morgan's got a second uh, strip he's going to work on called Rover the Barbarian which is an all-talking animal story with a rover who's a dog barbarian uh, that starts off with him fighting a ninja rabbit which is obviously based on uh, Yojimbo and that was because Morgan's a big fan of Yojimbo and I thought I'd stick it in there so we could have fun drawing it fair enough yes there's um, Elements of Spellsinger in there as well, but that's a completely serious book, although all the characters are animals. I think that's going to be quite fun. Uh, and um, Ian Beadle's going to be working on a, a story about psychic uh, psychic space mercenaries, which uh, is a sort of a lot more action. We've also got Mal Earl, who's doing, they call her Trinity. Mal's a big fan of Westerns. so And I thought I'd do something which basically could be a Strontium Dog story if it, you know, that sort of where Johnny's on a planet, very Western-based. So as a girl, or a woman, sorry, that goes to a planet in search of revenge. And uh, total Western. It, 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 it wouldn't be sci-fi if we hadn't given him blasters in a spaceship at one point. No. You know, that sort of thing. And uh, hopefully he'll do well. well. I know he will do a good job, but he's uh, he can be a bit busy, so I don't know when we'll see it. But sooner the better. He seems quite enthused. i uh, quite pleased because it's the only strip um, Mal's ever worked on where he hasn't written it. So I take that as a compliment that he didn't read the script and go, nah. <laughs> <laughs> what else have we got ahead? I can't remember who's doing what, I just lose track of them.
2: Um well David Metcalf
1: Carr is doing Newtopia. Yes. Of course, yes, yes. That one's uh, not far from being done as well. So that should be next year.
2: Right. Um, um that
1: yeah, Newtop uh Dave, David said like he liked noir. And so we have a um, a sort of dark future city, but not not Blade Runner, but that sort of city where it just rains all the time and it's very dark. And uh, it's basically a couple of people on the run and it's their story. And uh, yeah, from what we've seen, the pages of are the ones I've seen very good. And that's going to be a nice, nice different story as well. So again, not light-hearted at all, a nice, uh, dark, fast-paced future story.
0: Fantastic. Well, you've got no shortage of stories and projects <laughs> at the moment, then.
1: Oh uh, no. Well, the, the the Halloween one, we've got um, three stories, which were all originally going to be um, written for the seventy seven. Uh, right. So I just did them for this instead. Um, Ed's doing one, and Neil Blackbird Sims should be doing one, uh, written specially for him with Geordie slang and blood, which is what he likes. <laughs> and um, who's doing the other one, Ed? Uh, the, Sinclair Elliott Elliot from uh, yeah Division Seventy Sevens doing uh, doing one as well, which is great because I'm a big fan of his myself. Uh, the the only other one, another one that Ed's, Ed's next one, because I do like to make sure he's always got something to uh, to do, is a uh, horror at Hammer House again from uh, from Ed's love of old horror Hammer horror movies, and it's uh, a a retreat in a uh, made up country in uh, in Eastern Europe. Uh, right. in a big old house where some uh, a company is throwing a party for their uh, employees. Um, one of them's taken a son who likes watching Hammer horror movies on his phone. Uh, something happens, the electricity goes out, and the only thing that's on is the phone. It's slowly being drained of everything on it. Oh, what could happen? Um, basically, old Hammer characters actually... Start appearing and munching down on all the guests, whilst in the capital city, in the uh, in the cathedral, the priests are desperately trying to get this thing back in its hole. It's called the Sentinel. We never see it; it's just a presence. Um, but what it means is, when we have the werewolf, it's going to be Oliver Reed's werewolf.
0: Ah, right. When we have
1: Dracula, it'll be um, whichever one Dracula. Down, remember, Christopher Yeah. So yeah, we're, Van Helsing's going to be there. We've got um, a Frankenstein as well, because I like, the point is <laughs> that a woman, Frankenstein comes in, a woman says, it's okay, I've seen the film, he's actually friendly. And the kid shouts, no, no, that's not that one because they had six different Frankensteins yeah. and it's the one that likes to rip people's heads off. <laughs> so we're also hopefully going to give um, backers the chance to be killed by Dracula because three scenes where they murder someone. So one can be killed by Dracula, one can be killed by the werewolf, one can be killed by Frankenstein because Ed's very good at people's uh, likenesses. So... That's something for the future. And the other one, there's <laughs> one more, one more. There's a, a drunken suggestion from one of our, I think it was uh, I think it was Ian, that, oh, you should do a crossover with uh, different artists and characters from previous books and make it a double issue, 128 pages. And I went, yeah, that's a good idea because like, I'm an idiot. <laughs> and so I'm currently trying to write. It's going quite a lot. I've got a story worked out and everything where characters from, so, for four of our previous issues will return in different ways. There's also going to be new characters for some other the other artists to do as well, and the story will bounce back and forth in style and character. So, it may be a page where Ed's drawing Doyle and Raheelasdeepa, who are talking with Carlos Harrison. So, Ed would draw one bit, and Morgan would draw the other bit on top, if you like. So, that all it may work, it may not, but it'd be good fun trying.
0: Okay. Lots on. Ed, I mean, apart yeah. from working on the Central Comics, uh, do you got any other artistic projects on the go or is that taking up all your time?
2: No, myself and Alan have a few uh, comic strips that have appeared in other publications. The current uh, Comic Scene Annual, which is out at the moment, has uh, two strips belonging to myself and Alan. Ah. Uh, the first oh. one is an all-ages cartoony-type strip featuring uh, Kate Mantle. And he's uh, pet saber-toothed tiger called Neolithic and Tim. That was just based on an idea I had years ago. And um, Alan went with it. So we've done a few strips that are in the pipeline for the next, probably next comic scene special. Um, but the second strip that's in the annual uh, is based on a story written by a nine-year-old called Corbin Webb.
0: All right. uh, he won a writer's
2: right. yeah he won a writer's competition that uh, Alan was the judge on. Now Alan will fill you in on more details about that, but it was pretty cool drawing that strip for him.
1: Yeah, we um, I was asked by a local business to judge or will be one of the judges in their five hundred word short story competition for I think it was uh, kids under thirteen, and I agreed um, and. Uh, before we, we, they'd even told me which one was the winner, I had suggested, and Ed agreed it was a great idea, I, I will adapt the winning one and write it into a comic strip, and Ed will draw it as a comic strip so that the, the kid will get a bonus prize of something they can print out for themselves, saying this, ba- this is based on my story. There was no plan to have it printed anywhere. Um, the story itself was actually very good, uh, with a proper beginning, middle, and end and you know his, his mum's an English teacher um and it shows he did very well and Ed drew it up and he did a lovely job it looks really good and so we just sent it to um comic scene annual and said, would you want to put this in and then this Tony Foster said yes <laughs> which was uh fantastic and it looks great it really does look great and it reads fine considering technically it's from a story written by a nine-year-old I didn't change it or try and make up my own stuff too much just to really keep it explain it in comic form whereas obviously he could explain things with words otherwise and i tried to keep to his the dialogue he used and things like that as well
0: fantastic that's in the hardback comic scene annual which is out now and i believe he's yeah, downstairs just waiting how, for me how, how chuffed would you be if you were nine and a story you'd written was in an annual in a christmas <laughs> annual fantastic yeah yeah and Alan, you've also you've got a comic book shop and a bookshop, don't you?
1: Yeah, it's a, a small shop in Western Supermare, and we do uh, lots of graphic novels and comics, uh, science fiction books only. I uh, don't bother with other stuff and uh, Lego, sort of not so much collectibles, but sort of geeky gifts like wallets and things like that. Uh, and it, it, I'm never going to be rich off this. I'm never going to be rich off comics either. <laughs> I'm just treading water, but just trying to enjoy life.
0: Fantastic. And does the shop have an online presence or is it just uh, brick and mortar?
1: Yeah, it's just a Facebook shop, really. Um, The Imaginarium Western. It's called Imaginarium and the Facebook page is Imaginarium
0: Western. Fantastic. Well, I'll put the show... We
1: sell sell Sentinel.
0: (laughs) Of course. I will put the links to all of those uh, sites in the show notes for this episode. That's the facebook.com slash the sentinel comic, getmycomics.com slash sentinel, and the Imaginarium shop as well. Great stuff. Gentlemen, thank you so much for giving up your time this evening. Cheers, Eamon. Thanks, Eamon. Do go and check out the Sentinel comic, and it sounds like you're going to have some busy times coming up as well. No shortage of future of future issues. Yeah, we're set for two years. (laughs) And thank you for everyone for listening to Mega City Book Club. Uh, As ever, find all the links at megacitybookclub.com, including links to Alan and Ed's comics. Uh, Follow the podcast on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, and the two thousand eighty forums, or email me mcbcpodcast at gmail.com. And that'll do us. Until next time on Mega City Book Club, when we're passing judgment on another great book. Uh, it's time for goodbyes. Goodbye from me, from Alan. It's goodbye from me, and Ed. That's goodbye from me. <laughs>